Welcome to the Jack and John podcast. I'm Jack. And I'm John. And we're on a mission. To help you focus on Christ. Well, our last episode, we strove with everything that was in us uh, to try to explain a little bit about the cloud uh, that led the Israelites in the Old Testament, the cloud that Jesus was called up into in the ascension, the cloud that came down onto him in the transfiguration and in his baptism, uh, the cloud that represented the presence of God. Right. And uh, after the ascension, uh, the disciples were left alone for a little bit of time. Jesus was in heaven. The Holy Spirit hadn't been given yet. And so fortunately, they were huddled together in an upper room, right. in a room, in a little house, just kind of huddled together and uh, trying to make do until something happened. Something's got to happen. And uh, so, well, one thing, they had a little business. And the business was to replace Judas. Because the Bible says in Acts 1, well, he went to his own place, says. And I quote, he went to his own place. And so they had 11. They needed one more. So they cast lots. And Matthias was one that was uh, fit to be an apostle. And so he joined the band and uh, nothing else to do. So let's wait. Well, waiting was pretty good because when the day of Pentecost had come, which is a Jewish holy day, it's 50 days after Passover. So it's 50 days after the crucifixion and resurrection of Christ. The uh, Pentecost comes. It's the Feast of Weeks, Festival of Weeks. And a sound like a rushing mighty wind came upon the people there and cloven tongues or burning tongues of fire uh, came upon them and they began to speak in the languages of the people that were there listening to them. And they came speaking in power because that was when the Holy Spirit was miraculously given into all of those apostles now. And they changed, John. Mm -hmm. They changed from those guys that were wondering if the kingdom was still going to come on earth. Uh, those guys like Peter that were saying, you're the Christ, the son of the God, one moment, and you're not going to be crucified to Jesus saying, get behind me, Satan. Uh, the guys that were coming into Jerusalem wanting, wanting to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven and sitting at the right hand and the left. These guys became the powerful preachers who were willing to sacrifice their lives, lay down their lives for the cause of the gospel of Jesus Christ, all because of the giving of the Holy Spirit. There is power in the name of Jesus, power in his name, power in his spirit. And it was an amazing thing, an amazing thing. As you said earlier to me, they didn't have the New Testament yet because right. they hadn't written it yet, right? And so uh, they had the Old Testament. And so they spoke out of Psalms, out of Joel, a prophetic book in the Old Testament. And they spoke about Jesus, which was very convincing to the guys that were there because they were uh, very much in the Jewish faith. They were there for Pentecost after all. And uh, they knew exactly what he was talking about. And he was applying these prophetic scriptures to Jesus Christ himself. And it was an amazing thing. Amazing thing. Do you want to say anything before you get to the end of what he said to lead them to repenting or? Yeah, I think to, a couple things. First, you know, it talks about the sound of the mighty rushing wind. Right. Um, there are a lot of parallels and uh, repeats 
through scripture, things that, that God uses and then uses again. And you think about the, the Exodus when he's getting ready to save the children of Israel from Egyptian bondage. Um, and it says that that night before the crossing of the Red Sea, that there came a mighty wind from the east and it separated the waters of the sea until they piled up like great walls on either side. And I'm picturing this sound of the mighty rushing wind is representative of Christ's Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Um, It's representative of the same Spirit that hovered over the waters at the creation. It's representative of the Holy Spirit coming into their presence. And I believe that the apostles surely had some association with that history when they're experiencing that. And then the other piece is the flames, the tongues of fire. Okay, because we talked about this in our last episode. God, to the children of Israel, was a pillar of fire at night and the pillar of the cloud through the day. And over and over through Scripture, God represents himself through the fire, the fire on the mountain in the, in the burning bush, and again at Sinai. And here's the interesting piece of this. Um, Jewish tradition from the, mess, from the rabbinic period on, now there's nothing in the Bible that tells us this, but they've associated this Feast of Weeks with the giving of the commandments at Sinai. Okay? Um, and, and so when God brings that fire down, he's saying, my name is in this place. My person is in this place which prior to that had been on the mountain, it had been in the, in the tabernacle, it had been in the temple, like the cloud appearing over the mercy seat. And so when those tongues of fire come on the 12 apostles, that's God saying, my presence is in these men it's good. right now. It's good, yeah. Because the temple is no longer right. a fixed place. Right. It's God's people. And and that, to me, is the most beautiful thing because we talk about that ascension and what did it mean? It meant didn't mean Jesus is going away. It means he's coming back bigger than ever. And it starts with him coming in the Holy Spirit on his yeah. people. And a few, few weeks ago when we were speaking about the mosaic, I remember you were speaking about um, the um, uh, living stones right. uh, that, that the temple now is made of, representing the church, the people of God, become the living stones. In other words, now the temple is with men. Right. And the temple is in men. We are now the temple of God because the Holy Spirit lives in us. So it's an amazing thing to think about. Um, Amazing thing, too, is, and once again, to go back to the change in these apostles from the fear that they had before hiding in the room, you know, not believing anybody, no matter what they said, the two to Emmaus came back when they had experienced Jesus teaching them, uh, saying how excited they were, those, those guys didn't believe it. When the women came from the tomb, they didn't believe that there was an empty tomb and he had arisen. 
So um, now you mean the women believed and the, the guys women from the believed, believed, but the, the, the disciples they, still Right, the believe. disciples, the ones in that yeah, room, they were hiding like, in the room. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, knock on your head. Yeah, it's like, come on, wake up. But <laughs> now when the spirit comes, the light just went on, the light bulb uh, went on, and they felt a presence and a power like they had never felt before. And they were willing, open vessels. Okay. And uh, Peter preaches powerfully and eventually gets to the place where uh, I don't know how many people could take a sermon like this, but this is a sermon, brother, when he looks at those people and says, this Jesus, whom you crucified, God has made him both Lord and Christ. In other words, what he just told them was, you killed God. And when they heard that and believed it because he had laid the foundation of who Jesus was, they knew that they had called out crucify him and he had been crucified on Golgotha. They were they were like thought they were done in. Mm -hmm. I mean, what would you think if you all of a sudden believed that you killed God? I mean, they didn't think they could be saved. They, right. The question they asked was, what must we do? And I don't see it being very lovingly delivered. Oh, what must we do? I imagine them crying out, what are we going to do? What can we do? I don't think they thought there was anything that they could do. But there was. And that's the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's the beginning of the gospel. When Peter says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus, and you will receive the forgiveness of your sin and the gift of this same Holy Spirit that they saw so powerfully in those apostles that day. And that same Holy Spirit that's available to you and to me to have power to do it. But you know, John, I think there are three kinds of people in this world. If I can be a preacher for just a moment, there's those people that have no power in their life. You have no power in your life because you are not willing to receive the Holy Spirit into your life through your faith and through your repentance. So you're coming to him, confessing Christ as your Lord. There are those that have some power. I think there are those that that uh, come and they receive Christ. They're, they're saved, but they don't give him all of them. You know, it's like, I want all of God. Do for me, do for me. But you have to understand that it's a giving, a dying to yourself and a surrender to Jesus Christ as Lord. The third person is those who have done that. To them, there is power. You will receive this same power to be a witness all over the world. And I pray that your life is that because that ushers us into the presence of God where we live every day of our lives now in power and in love and in hope. And now we don't have to worry. We don't have to fear. We don't have to be afraid because... We know where we're going and we know who our Savior and our Lord is. So. Yeah. It's beautiful. The, uh, the, the big takeaway in my mind here is that, you know, many of the people who were there in Jerusalem were probably there for the Passover hmm. because, you know, there were three pilgrim feasts uh, each year. There was the Feast of Tabernacles. Um, there's the, the Feast of Weeks. There's the Passover. Um, and so... 50 days prior, you know, they were there for the Passover. They were there when Jesus was crucified, um, when Jesus rose from the dead. And here, here you got some of these same folks back. And just, you know, a few weeks before, 
Jesus is talking about them not believing because their hearts were hardened. And what's the difference at this point? What's the difference on Pentecost? The Holy Spirit. Mm. The Holy Spirit. They're not just seeing the Holy Spirit. They are hearing the Holy Spirit. These people each heard in their own language. Yeah. You know, there's 12 disciples, but there's more than 12 languages represented there. So it wasn't just the miracle of the speaking. It's the miracle of the hearing, because these are are Jews from from the dispersion. They're coming from all over the place. You got people that hadn't left Babylon from generations previous. You've got folks that are Hellenistic Jews. They're uh, they're coming from Greece. You've got some that are still coming from from Egypt, and they're coming from all over to celebrate this feast. And they see, they witness, they experience, and they hear the voice of God through the Holy Spirit. And that's what pricked their heart. Um, because I, I don't think it was, it was the same message. You know, Jesus has been preaching this for a long time. But when the Holy Spirit shows up and pricks your heart, it didn't say their hearts were hardened. Right. It says right. they were pricked in the heart. Right. God spoke to their heart. I, I hope that you, our listeners, um, that those that you're praying for, uh, I, I hope that the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. would just speak to your heart. You know, it's not anything that, that, that Jack or I say. It's not because we've got some kind of great wisdom, um, you know, because our objective with this whole thing is to try and turn our focus toward Jesus, toward, toward his Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's got to be the one to do the work. Amen. John, in uh, 2 Corinthians 4, I think there's a beautiful passage here that kind of uh, moves us to what's happening today because of the the promise of the Holy Spirit and His presence is very real. And uh, His power will come into an individual who seeks Him and uh, surrenders to Him, and there will be changes. But listen to this. It says in 2 Corinthians 4, 3, And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. We have to be careful that we don't let the prince of this world blind our eyes, close our, close our minds to him. But then it says, for what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord with ourselves as servants for Jesus sake. And listen to this, listen to this. I encourage all of you to memorize or at least find second Corinthians four, six, listen to this for God who said, let light shine out of darkness has shown in our hearts. He gave the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. That's the spirit, the light. The God who said, let there be light, and there was light. This creator God said, let this light, John, shine in your heart. 
And when his light shines in our heart, that's salvation. That's the presence of God. And we should never turn from that. And we should always desire to be made by degrees more and more and more into the image of his son through the power of the Holy Spirit. So. Amen. So when Jesus came as a baby, you know, and the angel says, you know, that he will be Emmanuel, God with us. Um, When he ascended and then he sent his Holy Spirit. He came to be God in, in us. Yeah. That's good. That is a beautiful thing. That's good thing. stuff. It's just amazing that God is in us, that Jesus Christ is in us. But Colossians says, the Christ in you, the power of the glory of God. God in you, the light of glory. Boy, that's, that's salvation right there. So many people, I think, in their salvation, they don't understand the power that's available and the glory that's available in Jesus Christ. I say it very humbly that uh, we should be uh, growing in the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And we should take the gifts that God gives us in the Spirit to be able to supernaturally minister into the lives of people. And that's, that's how the Spirit works today in us and through us. It's just uh, amazing. I'm so glad He chose us to do that. We're not worthy. But He's done that. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, I pray that uh, the words that we speak and the scriptures that we open for you uh, help you to focus on Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. He's our creator. He is God with us and God in us. All we need to do is believe in him, surrender to him, and accept him into our lives because we're already in his presence. We just need to acknowledge it and be aware. Amen.